Welcome to Beyond the Field, your property finance and general discussion podcast series powered by Money Empire. We're a team of financial advisors here to help you tick off your property and finance goals. When we say Beyond the Field, we mean this to be beyond whatever field you're used to. So kick back, relax and enjoy the podcast. My name's Kane. I'm here with a beautiful Eastern Asiwa. How are we? Very good with my fresh haircut (laughs) pre-Christmas. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. And this is um, something that you're very passionate about and uh, a strong leader in this space. And we're going to talk about work culture. And the reason why we're going to talk about work culture is that what what you are doing and what we implement here um, in our company is... We kind of find it to be market leading and what we're doing. Um, And you've done this for a good part of a decade in your previous career in the sports world. So you've got a good handle on this, Isha, and I want you to really elaborate what work culture is in your eyes, and we're going to go through some stuff. Yeah, cool. So I think first and foremost, if you sort of look up a good definition of what work culture is, it's a collection of attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors that make up a regular atmosphere in a work environment. And I think what people immediately think of when you think work environment and work culture is Google. I think it's one of the first things that people talk about is like, oh, hear about Google. They've got slides, they've got pinball machines, they've got, they've got, uh, you don't go downstairs, you go down slides to get down levels. And I think the fintech world and, you know, places like Google and Facebook um, have pretty much transformed what, work culture is and what the possibilities of being um, and what it actually looks like. And, you know, that's been that's been around for 10, 15, you know, plus years now of, of companies doing things differently. But I think, you know, work culture and well-being are so important today and have been for a good while um, just because of such the changing times we're in and what people sort of want out of a job. So for me, Isha, just what you've said, I think that a slide going from the second level to the first level or um, a flying fox, you know, between desks is a Band-Aid that cover-ups potentially a bad culture there because they're trying to mask something that really they put as face value and an object when as what you've discussed with me and detailed is that it's the in-depth nature of the embedded part of the culture is what's needed in a workplace. Yeah, definitely. Because I guess the Silicon Valleys of the world or the big corporations and big companies out there, um, the main thing they do, or one of the things they do each year, they sit down in a round, uh, on a round table, they have big open discussions, um, they come up with five or six values, in inverted commas, um, that they want to be seen as and abide by, put them on the wall, and then they tell people, go and do that, be that. And that's super common in workplaces. Um, but what I do know is within culture are uh, the attitudes and beliefs and behaviors and the behaviors are your everyday actions of who you are what you do and how you speak and when you really dial down into it those are the things that make a difference in culture and you know you might hear of good workplaces or like places that have really great culture but 
you know, there's two, three, four, five percent differences um, that actually implement good culture daily and weekly and monthly. And culture isn't something that you can just set and forget and then it's done and dusted. It's something you have to work on regularly, daily, weekly, monthly, and plan for it also because that's how you continue to build your culture because a lot of culture can just become stale and it just becomes a norm. Then people go back to their way of doing things. Um, So culture is always a moving target that needs to be worked on. I'm guessing the bigger the organization um, with more employees, the harder it is to continue to embed or evolve your culture because you've got so many moving parts. Is it really key for um, big organizations to have um, sections or divides in cultures where someone is leading a small group and embedding that culture within that small group? Yep, it, it, it starts at the top, like the visionaries and the leaders. Leaders have a leadership and leaders have a massive part to do with culture. And, you know, if they're not true to their values and their why around what the company is to be about and what, um, how they want to conduct themselves, then why on earth would the rest of these big organizations, why on earth would they just fall in line? Um, so, yeah, there's, there's different layers of work culture that are super important too. Um, but... If there's a really solid foundation, then, you know, that's a workplace that can continue to build and continue to grow. Um, and they've probably got a really good gauge on culture to begin with. So let, let's discuss Money Empire's work culture. And when you went through this and started this off in this process when you came on board, um you always talked about understanding your, our, who's, why. Explain why that's really important for one, uh, an individual as an employee, but two, as a company in itself. Yep. So understanding your why, it's a a concept by Simon Sinek, who has one of the most watched YouTube um, TED Talk videos of all time. Um, And, you know, I discovered this a long time ago, but understanding your why and a why is, oh, we want to be the best company out there. You know, that's not a why. Um, that's what some people believe it to be. But from a personal level, you've got to sort of, I think, age and timing of life. Um, people stumble upon their why differently. And my why is very different to Kane's, which is very different to Saskia's. Um, but, and, it, and it can change through time. Um, and, you know, understanding that it's, it's a process to get to. But then, you know, you look at a company such as Money Empire and understanding our why and why we do things. Why do we all like to help clients? Why do we like to give them, um, you know, help them financially through insurance, through well-being? And they go on a journey with you. So it takes a lot of time to sort of deconstruct that and bring it out. But, you know, a Money Empire why sort of to inspire people to be better, to challenge the status quo. These are things that we continually talk about and are part of our language and we really understand why we want to do things. Um, it takes a process to get there. And until you can sort of answer that, then you can't be genuine in anything else you can do. And I think that's what I've learned from you know, my time in professional sport and sort of high performing environments is if you start at the ground level and build the foundations and everyone has a part to play in it, which is really important. Everyone feels like that they can contribute to the why and understand your why. Then there's a bigger buy-in from day one. Mm -hmm. And when there's buy-in and people feel vulnerable enough to share and then feel um, committed enough to actually 
voice their opinions or voice their concerns, they feel like they're part of something and have created it. So I think that's a really important part for us as Money Empire as a company, um, for people that have already been there quite a long time, for new people coming in, is they're all they're all allowed a voice, they're all allowed all allowed to contribute. Um, but they also learn from the people that are already here when new people start. They understand and pick up our culture really, really quickly. So two things you mentioned there is, um, first and foremost, you said most companies think they're wise. They want to be the best company out there. Yeah. right? That's so generic. Yeah. Um, it's a throwaway line that probably is never achieved for most companies, right? Um, and the, then the second thing you mentioned um, that the journey we went through was um, – defining our why, which we got to challenging the status quo. Do you want to give listeners just a little brief, um, I suppose, background or theory to that, what, what, you, uh, what we discussed in that? Yeah, definitely. You know, we, um, we, one of our big things was helping people, and we always wanted to inspire people to be better. But challenging the status quo was always trying to be genuine to ourselves, but always trying to be different. Um, and not different as an arrogant or out there, but different to know that we're young, we're different, we're in um, jeans and t-shirts at time, we're not wearing suits and ties, we're not falling in line with the rest of the finance world that has got quite stale and old. Um, we always wanted to challenge, um, which we still challenge our clients, we challenge our customers, you know, everything around that. It was all about doing things differently, doing things the way we believed in, um, and the way we sort of back ourselves to do that and, you know, our website and our branding and our marketing, everything is aligned to continue to challenge the status quo. If people say you can't do it, we'll say, you know, good luck, we'll go and try it anyway. Um, so I think that's sort of the confidence um, part of the business and sort of, you know, the psyche of everyone is to always try and do things differently and continue to sort of push those boundaries around sort of growth mindset as a company. So probably got diving into a bit deeper in that, uh, you're talking about challenging the status quo and the finance and corporate world for decades have been entrenched with eight to five working hours, suit and tie, middle-aged to um, later males that, that years of experience uh, created knowledge. Whereas what we know is that Sneakers, jandals, shorts, t-shirts, jeans, building connections with people, showing that your educated knowledge can overcome all that and that comfort and for a, a customer to feel on the same level as you as in sitting there and having an open discussion is far better um, and will help someone a lot more. And then from that, um, challenging the status quo as in exactly that, challenging a customer to be better. Don't just buy a property and think, okay, cool, I'm done. Buy a property, pay down debt, invest in, uh, in the right areas for capital gains and go again and build a portfolio, build your wealth that way, protect it at the same time and create a difference in your life. Yeah, and that's that's who we are and what we try to do with all our clients. Um, then you tie it back to us as a company and you know why do we have to sit in the same desk every day because that's what you know, the corporate world has told us we have to do. Why can't we hot desk? Why can't we sit next to different people, the marketing team, the CEO, the advisors, the loan writers? Why can't you sit next to a different person in the office every day? Because you build connections. 
you have um, communication and conversations with people that you wouldn't regularly have with. That just contributes to building the culture. And that's challenging the status quo because it's very different sitting in a new desk each day. But you know what? Everyone has jumped on board, done it, and you know you build connections with other people. So you know you can continue to challenge the status quo in you know with clients, with us as a culture, with our marketing, with who we are as people, um, how we do things, um, how we think moving forward. And you know as long as we stay true to that, then we're staying true to our why of um, who we are as people and who we are as Money Empire. And believe it or not, a simple thing like not being able to sit at the same desk every day, it can throw somebody, it can chuck them outside their comfort zone, it can make them go and talk to a person they wouldn't necessarily dialogue with in depth daily, but it achieves something and it achieves that breaking the mould of what officers are. The other thing you've thrown out there, which um, you've talked about, which is so cool, is that you've got um, meetings you do on in groups walking. Yep. You know, like instead of why do you have to go into a room around a board table and have a meeting? Why can't you have meetings with team members on the move yeah. down Ponsonby Road having a coffee? Oh, man, the, the, the best conversations are made in the hallway. The CEO, like, you know, and the best conversations are made at the at the coffee, at the water cooler, you know. But then, you know, why do you have to sit in a in a in a boardroom with a screen with a powerpoint on like why can't you all bring your walkers and your runners into into work and and have those combos on the way to a you know a good cafe with a good coffee so like there's there's so many ways to do things differently um they take a little bit of effort um you know change always has a dip people look at things and there's a dip in change but like the quicker you get back up the growth um chart of change the better you are and the more constructive you are to get there. So, yeah, there's there's just so many ways. The, the easy option is to just keep doing things normally or the fun option and the things that keep people motivated is to continually challenge people and put them outside their comfort zones because that's where you grow. Jeez, Issa, the next step you'll be making us do is road cycling as a crew and bloody slipstream. Well, well, we, well, we might have well, everyone's got AirPods. We might have them have a Peloton down to Mission Bay and back, uh, riding bikes. Who knows? We'll yep, see how far twenty twenty two brings us. You'll see the Empire team around Titterangi in the hills. <laughs> um, I suppose something that you always talk about, if we're moving on from the um, the wise, is trust and high performance. Um, trust. Yeah, two two really really big things. Um, uh, you know. High performance is an awesome thing to have. Um, but if you don't have trust with it, then you can have rogue people going off on their own, performing at the highest level, but really breaking down and being toxic in an environment. Um, you know, high performance and high trust go hand in hand. You want to be, you know, you want to trust the person you're next to. You want to trust that they'll do the right thing. You want to trust that they will uh, back the company through thick and thin. Um, and with that, at the same time, comes high performance because you want to be achieving. You want to always be pushing to get better. And pushing to get better is different for every person. Some people will be the go-getters, high achievers, you know, really trying to get something, always sort of, you know, you know, pushing and pushing and pushing. Other people are comfortable where they're at, but I'll still push them to get a little bit better. And, you know, some people are happy going to work, happy doing their jobs, really do it for being people person and being part of an environment. That's so cool. And I, I respect that. But even for them, I think there's always a little bit more that they can do. And it feels like they're part of something more and they're always pushing and growing. So, you know, high performance is super important. 
high trust comes side by side with that. And they, exactly what you're saying, they work in tandem because if one breaks down, the other doesn't follow. And probably just what I heard there around high performance is that um, high performance for one individual might be, you know, achieving, achieving, you know, whatever their job title is or what they're doing, hitting the moon and they're targeting and that's what they're achieving there. But the other person, it might be high performance as in changing a process or something in-house and High performance is, is, I suppose, viewed in all different ways yeah, for an individual inside an organization. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not, I can't tell someone you've got to be a high performer. You know, they've got to buy into what they want to do. They've got to be buy into how comfortable they are. Then they've got to sort of buy into how much they want to grow. And one thing I do say to everyone is, you know, where do you want to be in 12 months time? You know, and, and asking something, a question as simple as that, people will either go, take a giant step forward they'll be exactly where they're at or they'll take a giant step backwards so like if they haven't moved in 12 months i can then say to someone well where did you want to where do you want to be in 12 months time how do you want to get there and yeah some people will shoot for the stars and get to the moon some people will you know just want to get a little bit better or want to help people in other ways and you just build shape and structure around them to achieve that um that's really really important because that gives someone job satisfaction so throwing something at you, Isa, is a great leader automatically a great motivator? Um, um, they, you can have some gingerbread, Laura. He's dealing with technical issues with kids here. It's at the Christmas time. Sorry. <laughs> Repeat that, please, Wallstrom. I'm back. What I was saying is, is it automatic that a great leader like yourself and an organization is a great motivator for the individuals that are helping you create the why? I think I think being me, someone, if, if you're trying to be a leader, you've got to be vulnerable to begin with. And, you know, I don't have all the answers. And I happily say I don't have all the answers because, you know, the biggest downfall to a lot of companies is egos. Egos just kill and are toxic. And, you know, you've got to be vulnerable as a leader to say, look, I might not have all the answers. I'll find them. I've got a willingness to learn. I might need help here. If you can do that, I think it motivates everyone else to not feel like they have to be perfect. Because I would rather someone make mistake and mistakes and learn from it than to being too scared to even throw an offload or throw a punch. And right. people come from different industries that are super cutthroat. You make a mistake, you're out of there. I would say, hey, make a mistake. I want you to make mistakes because it helps you learn and you won't make that mistake again. And that's a really big part of sort of being a leader and being vulnerable also is to actually say, you know, I don't have all the answers, but do you know what? We'll get there. And that's, I think, is what motivation, because motivation can be such a short time thing. Um, you can motivate someone, then they'll be motivated for a day, a week, two weeks, then they'll need it again. If you can create someone some job satisfaction, a buy into a process, um, a buy into a culture, they feel like they want to overachieve. And then you don't have to be motivating and motivating them so much that they actually start doing things off their own accord because they are a part of something. And that all boils down to culture. You know, we've got so many awesome employees here at Money Empire that I don't ask them to work extra hours. They do the extra hours, you know, they, they work in the weekends when they need to. They're happy to jump on and just smash something out. That's a really good sign because 
they're part of something and they want to do it. You know, yeah. I don't force overtime on anyone. I almost encourage guys to, you know, smash your workout, be productive, and then get out of there early. Um, because, but when they're doing that off their own accord, that's a really good sign of buy-in. And, yeah. you know, that's so important is to feel like they're part of, like, something bigger than a job. It's more like being part of a purpose. So then moving on from that, uh, exactly, you talk about this all the time, like you've just mentioned, being part of something more than just your job. What would you say to someone that's, currently in a job where they go to work to earn money and just live week to week. How, from a mental mindset point of view, that's got to be a real wear down for someone. So how does someone change that psyche? Is it literally rip a band off and, and resign, go start a new job somewhere else or whatever? What would be some advice in that? Yeah, there's, there's so much fear in that. And there's so, so much of the work population is, is exactly that. And you know, you can't force someone, you know, there's there's pressures at home, there's pressures in, in finance, there's pressures in all walks of life that you can't force someone to say, hey, rip the Band-Aid off, rip the Band-Aid off. I simply ask, ask someone, the question that I've already mentioned is, where do you want to be in 12 months time? And just by asking that question, they'll look at themselves and go, oh, well, I'm going to be sitting here doing the same job and I haven't gone anywhere. So I think there's a really big, you can't just go, here's growth mindset, go and do it. Here's understanding your why, go and do it. It's a real process to it. And it's about some, sometimes asking simple questions just to, just to start the thinking process because the thinking process along, alone can sometimes take six months, nine months. You know, someone understanding their why at 21 years of age, you know, Sometimes they just want to get on the piss, have fun and go to the beach. Like that's pretty damn important at that time of your, your life, you know, and there's nothing more to it. But I think as times change and actually ask simple questions just to just stimulate thought, then they start thinking about it more. Then they start down that journey of, hey, here, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing now? And it'll come back to a lot of fears around comfort, um, fears around routine, Um you know, me saying, hey, yeah, get out of your routine, go and challenge yourself. You know, that's really, really daunting to a lot of people. But if you can sort of start with simple questions first, then you'll work down this natural journey of understanding your why. Once you've understood your why, well, you know, then the world opens up and actually gives you opportunities. You use the phrase growth mindset in there, and that's such a cool phrase. And I know we've dialogued a lot on this, and um, I find that if I uh, put myself out of my comfort zone, um, I then naturally find that I'm, I, I, without knowing it, I have a growth mindset on what I'm trying to achieve because straight away I've done something that is outside my comfort zone. I've achieved it, um, and it's as simple as that, really creating a growth mindset, right? Oh, man, you've got to work on that daily, you know, and I think exercise is the perfect example for it. How easy is it that you tell yourself you're going to do a workout after work? And then it gets to work and you can, all of a sudden the words go, your mind's racing going, oh man, I've had a hard day. Oh, I could probably justify not doing a workout today. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it till tomorrow. Your mind just procrastinates. Um, your mind, you know, continues to do that. That's just human nature. But when you get, push yourself past that and get to those uncomfortable positions and get out of your routine, that's where you grow as a person. That's yeah. where you grow, you know, that's where a company grows when, you know, a lockdown is thrown at you and you've got to band together and come out the other side. So, like, being being comfortable in the uncomfortable, man, that is a hard psyche to get a part of. But it's so easy to do the same regimented routine 
every single day because that's what's comfortable and that's what works. And that still is a really good thing to, to have as routine. But every now and then, chuck in a simple change up. It's a little bit of adversity, but you come out the other side and you grow from that. So, yeah. you know, we as a company, you know, things aren't always going to go perfect. But as long as we've got a good culture and we, we've got a good belonging, people feel a part of something, we'll work through those hard times. We'll take learnings from it and we'll grow out the other side. Now, there'll be a listener that will listen to us and they will be in a company which talks the talk, i.e. they have their why, they have growth mindset, they have they think they have a great culture, but then really tr what is truly implemented and behind is not happening. Um, and there might be promises on the horizon around changes and all this kind of stuff. But as you have spoken to me, that is very hard to change and a lot of people don't want to change that. What would be um, your thoughts on that? Yeah, man, yeah, there's so much, there's so much false hope and uh, false promises um, for people that are sitting in jobs. They dangle the carrot. They, uh, they don't come through with what they've said. They're like pipe dreams. Um, you know, it's so important, so important from a culture point of view um, to do what you say. Um, otherwise, if someone, someone, someone with the powers of B or the big wigs that are sitting up the top there that are just looking at the bottom dollar of, of companies growing, like, you know, they can only, you, employees get sick of that. Employees will see through it eventually. Um, once they've seen through it and see you not deliver on anything, you know, they've checked out. They've checked out and they're moving on, you know. There's going to be people out there that, you know, think they're part of an awesome culture. But when you dial down and ask them, is it really true? Is it really what they've promised you? You're, it's either a yes or a no. And if it's a no, then you've got to really question, you know, why you're sitting there and what you're doing. Um, and don't get me wrong, it's like, as a business, you need to make money. You need to bank profit if you want to grow because you could use those cash flow. We get that. Um, but it's probably uh, dabbling a bit deeper into an individual and knowing who they are. And like you've talked about, what really motivates them and what is their purpose or why in things to help them achieve what they want to do rather than just a number on the floor on a company? Yeah, because no one wants to just start a job at 20 years old and be working there till they're 60. Really, that, that whole dynamic has changed a lot. There are still going to be people there that do that. Um, and that might suit them and they might be happy with that and that is there's nothing wrong with that but as you know remote working covid lockdowns you know working from home all these new phrases that are just new um you still want to be a part of something and you still want to uh you know connect and be with people because at human nature at the end of the day is connections and having an awesome workplace to go to is is super important too and people should feel like they want to get out of bed each day and be motivated to get to work. You know, I don't want Monday-itis, I want Friday-itis, which is, you know, people are happy to come back on, on Monday morning and rip into it again. Um, so, you know, that's, they're the fine differences um, that aren't always rocket science. They're the fine differences that actually make a difference for someone to feel a part of something. And the dollar value does not make a person happier. You know, if you're chasing a dollar for a higher salary and you go to another firm, but you've left the firm, that may have a great culture, a great working experience, a great why, they'll see that pretty quick. Yes, their paycheck might be slightly higher, but man, their life drops down and becomes a bit more miserable. Yeah, so people that just chase single dollar value, like, you know, we've regularly got people that would be willing to pay, take a pay cut 
to be a part of something more. And I think, you know, the great, the great divide or whatever they're calling this past sort of 18 months, I think more and more people are understanding um, that they want to be a part of something more, um, that the dollar value isn't the be all and end all. People should get paid fairly. I completely agree with that. Um, and, but people want to be a part of something because that's what gets you out of bed each day. If you're just chasing a dollar value and you get out of bed and you actually don't enjoy going to work and it's just a higher value, you're going to get sick of that eventually. Um, and if you don't and that's how you're driven, then that's your why, then that's absolutely fine too. But I think people want some, to want to be a part of something and I think that's what makes the real differences in culture. So Issa, rounding things off, um, talking about work culture, the why is so important, the purpose is so important, the culture is so important, understanding the layers of that, who's in behind it. Is there anything else you'll throw out there before we uh, let you go back to helping your kids make gingerbread men? You've got to have fun. You've got to have fun. Um, that is so easily said, um, but when there's time to let the hair down, you let your hair down. When there's time to band together and do some charity work, you all jump on board and you do it. Um, you know, fun can sometimes be fabricated because it needs to be because that's what contributes to culture. But like at the end of the day, if people are genuinely having fun um, and you hear comments such as, oh, it's not really work, um, you know, and people feel a part of something, at the end of the day, if everyone's having fun along the way, I think that's a super important thing that a lot of people forget. Um, your job should be fun and you should have fun times with cool people. So if you've got all of that, then, um, you know, that's what you sort of want out of life. So yeah, our underlying factor in everything that we do, yes, it's work. We need everything that we've talked about on this podcast, but you know, you've got to put aside some time for fun. Well, mate, you're, what you're doing inside our organisation, how you're implementing things um, and how you're executing things, I can see it firsthand and it comes through, I think it comes through our personnel inside our organisation and through then through our branding and messaging into the market. So um, you've got a wealth of knowledge. I think this um, podcast will be great for a lot of people to listen to. Also to a lot of people um, that may be a bit lost in life um, and what they're doing. But um, sounds like you've got a little consultants business you can start up now called East and the Sea with Consultants for Culture. Yeah, well, if I've got some time outside of building gingerbread houses, um, you know, maybe that's the next thing on the target. Always a pleasure and never a chore. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast today. For more info on this podcast and a heap more, Check us out on Beyond the Field on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And hit the subscribe button. Take the reins of your future and feel empowered with Beyond the Field.